Welcome back to the Football Kingdom podcast. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did. Got a lot to get into this weekend. As always, we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs went on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders and were able to come out victorious by a score of 31 to 17. And Tyler, this was an interesting game because it kind of seemed shaky and a little bit in doubt at the beginning of the game. Yeah, this this was a fun game when it was over. That first quarter and a half, I'm like, the Chiefs have major problems. But again, at the same time, the whole time, I'm thinking, this is the same basic core team that came back on the Texans in the playoffs and have came back so many times. Don't panic. It's going to be okay. But still, there's some serious problems that they've never had in, in the past. But by the end of the game, you're like, it's all good. Everything's fine. Because <laughs> it, was, it was like doomsday. It felt so bad for the, the Raiders to show up out of nowhere and just dominate. I mean, it was that bad where... Yeah, those first two touchdowns, like, the Chiefs had no answers. Like, they just were not showing up. It was kind of scary, you know. But you're still in the back of your mind. You're like, man, these guys have came, overcame much worse than this. So you always have that glimmer of hope. So it's like you're not, like, in, you know, down in the dumps and depressed. But, yeah, it was still very, very kind of shocking there. But, yeah, they they came back, had an, quite honestly, a, what, you know, a get right game like they really found themselves i think you know sitting a couple guys and the the um the injuries to the receivers really helped kind of gel this this the the passing game you know cuz the clearly the running game is fine passing game i think really found themselves because they didn't have so many mouths to feed perhaps so maybe that was an actual positive yeah, one thing for me that was a big takeaway was we've been talking about it all season long and just kind of waiting for Rasheed Rice to break out because we see the potential. We like some of the things that he's yeah. been able to do, and this was this was the <clears throat> Rasheed Rice game. Eight catches, 107 yards, and a big touchdown. And it's encouraging to me because now, you know, you've seen – teams defenses pretty much just take Travis Kelsey off the table by doubling him and tripling him and now I'm hoping that people are going to go oh we need to keep an eye on this Rasheed Rice guy and it, maybe it'll open up um, some paths for for Travis Kelsey to uh, be even more productive than he already has been this season yeah and there was a couple times and I, I tweeted this that they're the last couple handful of games where they've really shut down Travis Kelsey. I'm thinking you, you just see him and he's literally, he has two defenders on each shoulder and he's just, he's just standing there. Like I'm good because he's like, well, I'm going to take up two defenders. These other guys got to make plays, which is true that that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, if they're just going to blatantly, like we're literally going to just sit on either side of you and just, you're out of the, you're out of this play. You're other the rest of your team has to make plays. 
the problem with that is nobody was making catches. This game, everybody, you know, there was just only, well, I don't even know. I don't, I don't think there was, it looks like there was only like two drops. Yeah, this is the just... entire game. So it's, a, you know, it's a wonder when <laughs> people actually catch the ball, what kind of game the Chiefs have. I mean, that alone was made the difference. Yeah, you had, we say all that about Travis Kelsey, and he was, had 91 yards receiving this game, but you had yeah, Marquez, Val- yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had one catch for a negative yard. Made a big block for Rishi Rice on that touchdown, yes. though. And Justin Watson... One. And, you know, he was drop king as well last week. He had a pretty awesome touchdown. Got absolutely leveled by a defender in the end zone. Just popped up and caught the caught the touchdown. So, right. Like to see like to see the toughness in the grid there. <clears throat> and I'm hoping that the Chiefs can really feel good about the way that they played from a a skill position standpoint heading into Green Bay on Sunday because. This isn't the same Green Bay team from three or four weeks ago. This is a Green Bay team that's really starting to play its best football of the season. So going into Vegas and kind of getting right off of that bad Eagles loss, you know, you feel good going into that primetime game. Yeah, and and uh, MVS, he had another really good play that's like a blocking play, basically, when they went to Kelsey twice in a row. They, he had that ridiculous dime to Kelsey that was over two defenders. I mean, it literally, like, it looked like it touched the defender's helmet, and, and Kelsey caught it in stride, like, over his own shoulder. It was the most ridiculous throw. There, there's an angle behind Mahomes. It's, it's not like an all-22, but... It's kind of like an above field view, and I mean, it's just like amazing the, the precision that he threw that pass to Kelsey. Uh, and then they they did the flea flicker play, which the defense bid on MVS going to the end zone, but it was to Kelsey midfield, you know. And that's what uh, that was either the first or second, or no, that that may have been the third touchdown drive in a row, you know. And that that's what really put this game you know a part of like this is the actual get right game because that's not like fake this isn't like a bad you know Raiders team or whatever like the the team is actually you know finally starting to get on the same page you know and you're actually seeing change that we've (laughs) we've like okay these guys are not this bad we just need to stop with the the drops and yeah having three touchdown drives in a row those types of plays that's kind of who the Chiefs need to be and that, that you saw it. I mean, they're not talking big explosive plays. They had some pretty large chunk plays that they haven't really had, you know, to call on, you know, in the past, especially this past year or maybe even two. But, you know, still, chunk plays, just little bitty, you know, just regular football. Like I said last week of, like, just make regular plays and the team will be just fine. Yeah. I want to jump over to the defensive defensive side of the ball. Um Early on, it, it seemed like the Raiders had the, the defense figured out. That Raiders offense was in rhythm and just kind of picking the Chiefs apart uh, on that first drive that they scored. And the, the second drive, was it? I, I, wanted, I think it was the second drive. The Raiders were driving. Chiefs hadn't really been able to make a stop. And Raiders, Chiefs stopped the Raiders on fourth and one, I believe. And... The Raiders elected to kick. Oh yeah, and and he trunked it. He 
it was a 30 yard <laughs> field goal attempt and Kevin Harlan absolutely jinxed him. Yeah. Carlson. <laughs> and I, he said it was like 25 straight from 30 yards or less or something like that. And yeah. But for me, it was less about missing the kick and more about why are you not going for it? If you're the Raiders there, you, the chiefs had not really been able to stop you to that point in the game. Mm-hmm. But and then on top of that, the other touchdown that the Chiefs gave up in the second quarter to Josh Jacobs was yeah. just a big explosive play. It was just one and done, essentially. Yeah, that was a 63-yard run, which is... That was a weird one, too. You don't see too many. I, I, I saw a lot of those types of plays in the 90s. You don't really see that anymore, but <clears throat> like every defender was up on the line and there was just no secondary. There was like just one safety back, you know, and then he's just gone. Like you just, you don't really see, you know, run plays break out like that anymore, but that wouldn't, yeah, that again was like another part of like 14 and nothing where you're just like, Oh my God, like yeah. this team, <laughs> what is going on? And yeah, but yeah, then vintage chiefs. Yeah. You go into the half games tied. You have a chance to double dip in third and, I mean, at that point, I felt really comfortable as a Chiefs fan. I was like, okay, the defense is adjusted. The offense seems to be in rhythm. And it's the Raiders, so. Yeah. You gotta, that's why it was so, maybe a little bit more doomsday-ish in my, in my mind. I was like, man, like you gotta show up for Raider week here. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, um, you know, Chris Jones showed out. Karloftis got, you know, a game ending sack. It was, the game was basically over there, but he kind of dapped up his, his old teammate, like, as he was sacking him. <laughs> like, yeah. he was basically, like, on top of the dude. It was just like, hey, man, you know, I got you. <laughs> but yeah, they were old college yeah. teammates. Yep. Uh, I think that was a lone sack for the Chiefs this week, but. Big win, important win, coming off of a loss against Philly. It kept you in the race for that one seed. It also kept you away from, this is a weird thing to say, but it kept you away from the the Broncos. The Broncos, they're winners of five straight. And the last thing you need is for the Broncos to feel like they can catch you. So big, important win, especially inside the division. But a a lot of games. Obviously, Thanksgiving was... This weekend, and we are grateful to be given three games to watch. Obviously, that early game every year is the Lions hosting whoever, and this this year the uh, the Packers came to town, and Packers are. I said it earlier; they're playing really good football. They are winners of two straight. They just beat they beat the Chargers the week prior. And then came into Detroit, and I mean, uh, the defense looked good. Jordan Love looked, I think, as good as he's looked in his entire career. And the Packers are five and six, and really setting themselves up to be a wild card contender in a bad NFC. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> they were unstoppable in the first quarter. 
you know, we were we were literally eating Thanksgiving dinner while this was happening, you know, and we're I'm like looking into the living room, like seeing like, oh, another touchdown, you know, <laughs> there goes another giant play. And, you know, they kind of slept walk through the rest, but they did what they needed to do. They kind of let the Lions back into it, um, which is, you know, with Dan Campbell, that's kind of their their kind of forte. But uh, yeah, they kind of they kind of almost gave that game away. But I it felt kind of. To me, it felt like kind of garbage time ish. Like, it eh. was, but it was still like you got to at least throw up maybe another score. But uh, no, yeah, you're right. The the Packers, uh, you know, it's it's. I'm kind of torn because you don't want the Packers to have yet another awesome QB. You're just like, come on now, like these guys, like they can sit on the sidelines for a little bit. But I mean. I really like Jordan Love. I like watching him play. You know, I hope he does do good, you know, strangely. So I don't, like, before doing the podcast, I, I haven't really wanted to see other teams succeed. It's like I just want the Chiefs to be good and, like, win Super Bowls. And now it's like, yeah, you look at the league a little bit differently. And, yeah, seeing Jordan Love, like, be awesome. Like, I, I kind of do want him to uh, to be good and... Uh, um you know, actually competitive, you know, especially with Mahomes back and forth, because we've kind of played those guys a lot recently. And yeah, that's actually interesting with their, um, with them trying to get above the Vikings, because the Vikings have kind of fallen off as well. Yeah, the Vikings lost to the Bears this week. Yeah, that to me is... People have been questioning, like, man, just as soon as Josh Dobbs, like, gets, you know, into a system, he starts sucking again. <laughs> it's like he just needs to transfer to another team and just, like, win five games and then transfer again or something. But I don't really see them falling off a, a cliff there. But, yeah, I don't know. In that division in the NFC, I don't believe the Packers have much of a shot for the wild card unless other teams start to really fall off. But... Yeah, I mean, the the Lions are ahead enough there. They can kind of stand to lose this game, but. Cowboys also hosted a game, as they do every Thanksgiving, against the Washington Commanders. And this, this game just was an absolute blowout. The Cowboys pretty much had their way in every aspect of the game Dak Prescott looked great and just a rough day if you're Washington yeah I didn't watch a ton of this we were kind of cleaning up and getting ready to go but every time I looked it was another giant play and it was incredibly impressive you know it's what they do best at home you know like we said last week against the Panthers you know they just totally dominate teams at at uh, at home, and it was uh, really cool to see. But again, yeah, the Commanders didn't really put up much of a fight. And other than that, I mean, I all I have to say is like, yeah, the Cowboys really. It's kind of the the talk right now is like Cowboys really haven't beat anybody. <laughs> you know, they beat Giants, Jets, Patriots, Chargers. Rams, Giants, Panthers. They lost to the Eagles, 
lost the Niners, lost the Cardinals. So they're still one of them teams where they hadn't had their kind of past where they just kind of, you know, fall off in the playoffs. Not really going to believe it, and probably until another two weeks when they play the Eagles, kind of see what they, how they're looking at the end of the season. Yeah, they're a team that it'll be, you know, it'll be fun while it lasts. So something really cool that happened was Deron Bland uh, Mm -hmm. set the NFL record for pick sixes in a season with his fifth of the year with many games to go. So he has a chance to to add to that total, which would be amazing. There was a really cool clip of Dan Campbell, their DC, like up in the booth, you know, just like jumping. Do you see that? Yeah, Dan Quinn. Yeah. Dan Quinn is my bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that that's cool, man. Like that's that's like a feel good moment of like your coach is just like, that's my guy. You know, like go do the thing, man. Like go set a world re- you know, an all time record that nobody's ever done before. You know, and he's on my team, you know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm his coach and like he couldn't be more proud of the dude. Yeah. The nightcap, we talked about this one last week. Seattle, coming off of a bad loss against the Rams, really needed to take care of business against the 49ers. I felt like they could do it. You were on the the side of the Niners winning that, and you were right. Geno Smith was bad. The Seahawks were bad. They've now dropped two straight, six and five. They are headed in the wrong direction. Yeah, I was going to... You know, give you a little bit of a pass because Gino was very doubtful for this game, and I had forgotten about that when you were like, I, "I've got the Col- uh, the <clears throat> I got the Seahawks here," and I was like, "I don't, I don't see it, man. I think the Niners are too hot right now." And uh, with Gino was probably still playing hurt with whatever kind of arm issue I think he had. Yeah, I, I didn't really see that uh, coming to pass. So, a good trio of games for Thanksgiving. And for the first time ever, we had a game on Black Friday presented by Amazon. Or not presented, uh, whatever. It was on Amazon. That's what I know. <laughs> Amazon Prime. For free. Jets, Jets hosting the Dolphins. And uh, all I really have to say about this game is the Jets threw a pick six on a Hail Mary. Mm. The Jets stink. It doesn't matter who's their quarterback. Unless his name's Aaron Rodgers, the Jets just stink. Yeah, they're starting Tim Boyle, who is Aaron Rodgers' friend, basically. And that that's what kind of sucks for, like, Robert Sala. I don't know if I like Sala or not. He's, I think he's just kind of stuck, and he's like, man, this would not be happening if Rodgers didn't get hurt on the fourth play of the year. But I think they, <clears throat> they kind of put too much trust. They kind of let him be the GM, as it were. And, now, and they, then they... Uh, I think Alan Lazard was a healthy scratch, you know, and they're paying him double digit, you know, money. It's like, this is, that's a problem. It must be terrible to be a Jets fan, honestly. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the worst to get Aaron Rodgers and you're like, man, this guy, you know, he's super annoying and he's one of those guys, but he's also really good. And it's just the same story. It's like a Browns type fan fan base. 
Yep. Yeah, you have two teams in your city with the Giants and the Jets, and you are willingly you're willingly a Jets fan. Not that the Giants are much better right now, but at least right. you can look back, you know, not too far and see success. Or the Jets is just like they've had 57 quarterbacks in the last five years. But anyway, enough about bad teams. Uh, really fun matchup and a matchup that I think is going to be a must watch in the future. Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars. AFC South was on the line in this game and Houston was down early and were able to rally back and had a chance to tie the game. It was left up to the leg of Matt Amendola, old friend alert. And he had to kick a 58 yarder. I believe his career high was like 49 yards or something like that. And he was just short. He put it uh, right off the crossbar and Jacksonville was able to come away with the victory on the road. Yeah, this is a fun game too, but I mean, the Texans, I think too little too late. You know, they scored one touchdown per quarter there to bring it to 21, but yeah, they just kind of ran out of gas. I think they had some mistakes as well. I don't remember if they had a fumble or something, but I mean, yeah, CJ Stroud still playing out of his mind, but yeah, I, I feel like that <clears throat> there was so much momentum with uh, the Texans. I really thought they were going to steal this one, but yeah, I don't really remember what happened at the end of that game, but something kind of, uh, they kind of fell short there because I really thought they were, they had the momentum and everything kind of going their way, but. Yeah, just a, a really long kick, a hard kick for anybody to make, but the Texans, man, CJ Stroud is so good. He's pretty much got rookie of the year locked and D'Amico Ryan's probably coach of the year. They're going to be fun. And I'm glad because it looked like Jacksonville is just going to roll for years to come. But Texans are a surprise. And even the Colts are kind of a surprise. They're not great by any means, but they've won. They've, they have the same record as Houston with a lot of different situations happening over there. Jonathan Taylor just went down. We'll see how that goes for them. Mm -hmm. But interesting. I, if you would have told me that, the Colts and Texans would both have winning records this late into the season. I would have said you're crazy. So that's a good point. You're not wrong. My favorite game of the week this week. And we kind of, when we uh, previewed it last week, bills and Eagles bills uh, had a lot to prove this week, obviously fired their OC a couple of weeks ago. And had a good week against the Jets last week, but playing a really, really good Eagles team who clearly are the team to beat in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is the front runner for the MVP. He showed that again this week. But yeah, Bills, Bills again, it's kind of their mantra is give give everything we have and still come up short. That's That's kind of their thing. Josh Allen looked, honestly, he looked really good. He threw a really critical interception late in the game that opened the door for Philly. But 
a really fun back and forth. And again, came down to the leg of the kicker for the Eagles, Jake Elliott, 59 yarder in the terrible conditions. He was able to hit it and send the game into OT where the Eagles walked it off. But yeah, that was an all-time kick, 59 yards. Even in <clears throat> even in those conditions, I'm like, I mean, it's still at home, so he kind of should know, you know, and be able to aim that kick like he did. But in those conditions and that kind of pressure is, that was like phenomenal. Um, this one was fun too because, you know, that you're like, I don't know who to root for because <laughs> you're like, I don't want the Bills to surge back and have a winning record and they're they're now a problem as they always are for the Chiefs. And I'm like, did the, does it really matter if the Eagles win this game at this point? I was Probably not. You I know? was all Eagles this game because right. it legitimately has yeah. no bearing on the Chiefs at this point. Yeah. So they're so far up on the NFC side. It's like I, yeah. okay, there they'll be nine and two. It's like I don't think that's going to change anything for them. Yeah. And so I think it's a lot better for the Bills to win this. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I for me it was the Eagles need to win this because I don't want the Bills to think that they have a chance, and especially right. don't want them to carry momentum heading into a matchup against the Chiefs in a couple weeks. Yeah, and they made some mistakes too. It was frustrating too. There was a lot of talk about the Eagles, like penalties. Like then they just—I mean—they had like I don't know three penalties when they played the Chiefs or something, and they barely had any penalties in this game. Um, and they're—they're they're like sixth least penalized team in the league. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything. It's just—it's frustrating that like you know, there's clearly penalties out there that just are not being called. And they're just not, you know, they're just not getting them, which, you know, helps them. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not to say that they're not clearly the best team in the league. It's not going to change a whole lot, but it, at key points, it can, you know, hinder teams, especially the Bills, when they, they kind of, they could have called some timeouts and, or just ran different plays. I mean, they had, you know, Josh Allen, who was basically unstoppable and they're, they're kicking field goals when they shouldn't be. And. Um, it's funny too, because when they, when he kicked that 49 yard to, to go to OT, uh, both there, there's like a split screen of Jalen and, uh, Jason Kelsey and they both are, they look disappointed and shaking their head because they both know their teams are, they're better than the, this. They shouldn't have to be kicking a field goal to go into OT, you know? Cause so many people are like, what is that reaction? And I'm like, that's what it is. Like these guys know they're they should not have even been here. They shouldn't be having to hope and pray for this field goal to take them to OT for a chance to win. It's like they they made mistakes. They you know they both know it. I mean, Kelsey had like two two or three penalties I think called on him, you know, in that game for false starts or something like that and yeah, they they know they're better than that and that's <laughs> that is what's scary about that team. Yeah, and the Bills got the ball first in OT, and they really had a chance to win, but I don't know if it was Gabe Davis in the wrong spot or if Josh Allen threw it to the wrong spot or what happened there, but clearly a miscommunication in the end that forced the Bills to kick a field goal and give the Eagles a chance to go and win it. And with that, with that win, the Eagles improved to 10-1. Uh, and one. Again, clearly, clearly the best team in the NFL. Team to beat. Doesn't matter who they play. 
Eagles have a pretty pretty dang good chance of coming away victorious. Sunday night football. Baltimore played the terrible Chargers, and this game was kind of a dud for me. Like it was like kind of interesting for a while, but then you know the Chargers. The Chargers are just they're a hard team to watch, and Ravens won on the road, twenty to ten. Brandon Staley still has a job somehow. Uh, you know who doesn't have a job though, Tyler? Carolina Panthers, former Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich, gone. Not even a season into his time in Carolina. What is? What's your What's your thoughts there? Too early? Well, definitely. He he outlet or um. Not even um, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer lasted like 13 games. You know what I mean? And he only lasted 11. This was, oh yeah, this was the uh, this is like the the record for like a coach not lasting 11 games in like 40 years. You know, that's like the last time like a coach and for him to go to get fired back to back, like one and dones. You know, with what was it the Colts? Yeah, he was with the Colts. He got fired mid season by the Colts last season. Yeah, and then to not even make, you know, week twelve or whatever, I guess eleven games or whatever, and then, yeah, that's, and I think yeah, this all goes back to Dave David Tepper, you know, the owner, who has I think he's had like three head coaches in the past five years, and I guess he has like a soccer team or something too, which he's fired like two or three coaches on that team as well. Yeah, it's like this guy, you know, and there's been all this talk about how he's been trying to run everything in the background and Frank Reich's like just basically like keeping the peace and being almost a yes man. But he's like, if I say anything, he's going to fire me anyway. So he's like, well, you know, he's, he's had a lot of input and this and that. And he's basically saying like, yeah, this guy's basically telling me what to do, you know? And yeah. then he just fires the guy. It's like, this is, this is, this sucks for their fan base. Cause you can't no, this keep is, an owner like that. This is completely awful. And there was thoughts that Bryce Young was David Tepper's guy. Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud, but it, it, it just—it's dumb. I've like <laughs> firing a coach unless you have an Urban Meyer situation where it's like, okay, this guy is just Fair. actually really bad for our locker room, or you have Nathaniel Hackett where you're like, you just know that he doesn't have it. But Frank Reich has a resume. Not a great mm -hmm. resume, but you can see kind of what he's done. I mean, he was part of the Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl run in 2017. He was, you know, served a bad hand in Indy. He had Andrew Luck, who walked away from the game, and was able to do something with Philip Rivers. Of course, you could make an argument that Nick Sirianni is responsible for that because he was the OC at the time. But anyway, <laughs> Frank Reich, like. It, 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 he's probably not going to get a head coaching job again for starters. And maybe he shouldn't, but I just, you got a rookie QB, you got a first year head coach. There's zero talent on that roster, right? What are you supposed to do? Is it frustration that you're not being productive and you see you see what's happening in Houston and 
you're like, why is that not happening here? Clearly an impatient owner, but if I'm a if I'm a a, a head coaching candidate, I'm not sure if I want to go to Carolina because I'm not I don't know number 1 if I'm going to have any say in anything that happens in that organization and number 2 if I'm going to have any sort of job security. So Carolina's a mess and they're going to I I think it's going to be it's going to be a rough few years and I feel really bad for Bryce Young. Yeah, that that is a really hard. I mean, somebody's going to take that job. You're going to get paid a 4-year you know, head coach salary and somebody's going to get it, but who wants that job? You, you make a uh, excellent point of that is, that is a rough, you know, place to go in and, and try to coach a team because he's probably going to fire the GM, you know, by the, the off season or something. And you're starting all over yet again. And, uh, this, yeah, the CJ Stroud thing too. It's, um, it's tough to say. I, I don't, I don't think that, CJ Stroud was would be as good, you know. I don't think he we'd be looking at him the same because it's he has a it's a much weaker offensive line, doesn't have as many weapons. He doesn't have Tank Dell and you know the, the weapons that he has in in uh, in Texas. So I don't know, I, I or Houston, but yeah, that's I, I don't think there's you can really look at it that way. This isn't like a a Trubisky versus Mahomes, you know, scenario. Where it's like totally, you clearly chose the wrong QB, but yeah, you, you already said it all. It's you can't really be firing your head coaches eleven games in. Like there's, you need time to, you know, to build a team. Yeah, it's a mess. It's an unfortunate situation for Carolina, who's clearly having an awful season, and I don't know if it really gets better from here. But oof, that's uh. <laughs> That's rough. I want to look ahead to next week. Some of the kind of key matchups that are going to be played. Um, One that's actually interesting to me, and I didn't really know that I was going to be saying that at this point in the season, but Texans and Broncos. I think we've already talked. The Texans have been really fun to watch, and the Broncos are the hottest team in football. So I'm actually kind of intrigued by Texans Broncos. Yeah, they, they're on a five-game winning streak. I mean, no one would have guessed that this is... We'll talk a little Broncos here because, I mean, they had a 70-burger dropped on them by the Dolphins. The, the talk was going to be that they were going to have a fire sale at the trade deadline, too. Oh, and yeah. We'll, and yeah, look, right. at them, look at them now. Yeah, they can't be stopped. And I mean, the other thing about I thought I thought about this throughout this week, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, still, you, I've watched a couple of those games because there was the Monday night with the the Bills, Manning cast, and there were, there was some other game that I watched of theirs. But I'm still like, I mean, if you watch the games, they're still not like a scary team. Like they're just kind of they're almost barely in some of these games, and they make a lot of mistakes. They they don't have an explosive offense. You know, I just think, you know, probably Sean Payton is a really good, you know, coach. And, you know, overall, the team, like, they've obviously won five games in a row. But it's still, it's the, you you pass the eye test for me, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think they're, like, this crazy, like, world beater, you know, team. But, 
yeah, I I think they're still gonna you know put up a really good game with the Texans with a a rookie seed CJ Stroud. Maybe he blows them out or who knows. But yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't see that game, and yeah, you're right. That's that'll be a good one. Yeah, um, probably the most. I'm I'm very excited for this matchup. Uh, the two best teams in the NFC on Sunday afternoon, Eagles and 49ers. And I mean, this is an NFC championship preview, probably. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, what is that, at Eagles? Yep. I'm excited for it. Because last that... year, last year, Bright, uh, in the NFC Championship game, Brock Purdy got hurt, and it kind of ended up being a an uncompetitive game oh, in yeah. favor of the Eagles. So, man, this is uh, there's gonna be a lot of eyes on this one because it's important. I don't really remember, but I feel like it was actually a game too. Like Purdy was actually looking good. I don't remember, but <laughs> yeah, that should be a really fun one. Yeah. And to close us out, we've already talked about it a little bit, but Chiefs go on the road on Sunday Night Football into Green Bay and play a Green Bay team that it looks really good. And it's not going to be just a walk in the park for the Chiefs. I think it's going to be uh, a fairly interesting and competitive matchup. Yeah. Um, you still got uh, McKinnon, will probably. Both Kinnan and Tony will probably still be out. But again, after what we saw, I think we've kind of figured out who the starters are. And, I mean, he targeted Rasheed Rice 10 times over everybody else. I mean, Kelsey got seven targets, and everybody else was, you know, four, three or four times. So, yeah, that should be a pretty good one. I, I think that'll be a... Yeah, they have the Chiefs at... Yeah, six, <laughs> six and a half points. Uh, so that's probably what what'll happen if if uh, the Chiefs kind of be who they are, dominating defense. Maybe put the Packers back to where they've been in the past uh, couple weeks, or you know, prior to the last couple weeks. Yeah, I like the Chiefs. I think uh, maybe I'll be a fool, but I really felt like the the wide receivers. Or the the offense kind of took a step forward. I was just again looking back at the Raiders game. I was very happy to see them be able to overcome a two score deficit. That's something that I feel like the Chiefs needed to see that they could do, along with everybody that watches the Chiefs. So, be a fun matchup on the road. But with that, that's all we have for this week, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>